Welcome to Sea Time, everybody, the off-road show that brings you all the results, news, and online shenanigans that make being online a good time. We'd like to say thank you to Fly Racing for their support of Sea Time. Please go check them out at flyracing.com. Welcome to Seat Time, everybody. Brian Pierce here, your host for this fine 200th episode. We are thankfully live at Adventure Moto in McKinney, Texas. For you guys that don't know, we talk a lot about it on the show, making sure you support your local dealer. Luckily enough, Brian Story, the guy there on our right, your left, was uh, or is owner of SMS Racing, which is all the way in Denton. But that fine folk said, you know what? There are people in McKinney that need KTMs and Huskies, and now they can get them. That's right. And we are excited about that. So... Being that we've been friends, if you go back, in, in the spirit of, holy shit, we've been doing this too long, if you go back to episode 10, which we shared uh, late last week, that was like our first remote kind of, let's not do this on Jordan's couch every single evening, and it was actually at SMS Racing in Denton, so Brian Story's been with us for a long time. Um, luckily, he's married to a woman, and the fact that guys like us hang out with him doesn't freak too many people out often. That's that's good. Yeah, that, and, and she she knows to stay away. Fact. So yeah, yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> it might be a boy there night. for that other episode, and I think that maybe that she, would keep her away. Also. Yeah, she <laughs> yeah. she witnessed two episodes at SMS, and and so now she knows to to She's stay like, away. I'm not coming around. I'm just not coming around. I'm not coming around. But the good thing is, is you come to uh, Adventure Moto. That's supporting your local dealer, like we talk about all the time. Well, so Fly Racing is a huge, huge supporter of Seat Time, and we thank them very much for their support. Their limited edition kinetic gear is out now. That you can go purchase that. They look fantastic in their sexy little tight neon bits. Uh, but as we say, you can get it at flyracing.com, but fine folks like Brian Story and other uh, shop owners do carry Fly Racing. Go check them out. Kindatires.com. If you're looking to get yourself some equilibriums or some sticky, some super stipple, tricky, stipple, news, those you can go get at your dealer as well. Which would be like a Brian Story Adventure Moto. Even more fun, SRT Off Road, who is our third and final awesome sponsor of Seat Time, you can get at your local dealer like Adventure Moto in McKinney, Texas. So, Brian, did it sound like that local dealers are the way to go? That's local dealers, it's amazing what they can do versus the internet dealer. They're actually here. You can actually come visit them, you can actually come try stuff on. They can actually help you when you need something before the weekend. They might. No more than you. Depending on the dealer. Brian's story will know more than you. (laughs) Yeah. When you hold your laptop up to those parts, it's not going to put them on the bike. Your local dealer knows what you're doing. So why don't you get the parts from your local dealer? Just support the local scene. Brian, in this situation, Brian's active in all the local racing series. So spending your money with him is the good cause. Nice and fun. And... Brian likes to drink beer. Dad, do you like to drink beer? Oh, certainly. Okay. Certainly. We I've got know. more experience than you do. This is true. I'm not going to lie. I enjoy beer. You're okay with beer? I like beer. Brian likes beer. So, speaking of beer, of course, this is Seat Time, the beer drinking, bench racing show. And we have a fan that is a home brewer, and he sent us some beer for the 200th episode. And I said, you know what? We're going to drink it on the 200th episode. So, thank you, Lucky Guy 19. I could say his real name, but I don't know if he wants that on the internet or not. So, his handle is Lucky Guy 19. Um, 
I don't know, bloody, if that means you're going to be the lucky guy in IG. So to say that this is homebrew is true, but from what the guy tells me, he says shit's real, legit. Um, so we'll see. Now, Dad's getting the blonde. So this is, this is he told me to let you guys know that this one's called the blonde. Just like back in the day, there was that blonde kind of The thing. blonde. This is her. Yeah. Uh, you put her in your mouth and have a good time. Um, but the problem is, and, and maybe another reason why my dad, no, my dad's getting this one because I know he won't like an IPA. Um, oh, <laughs> put it in your mouth, quick, quick. This is how you start off a show. This is it right here. Hey, Josh, how did that feel? Uh, oh, hey. It's got a good head. Oh, there's a lot of head. Now, this could happen to all of us, honestly, because these did get shipped a, a couple days ago. But, uh, I didn't even think about that. Apparently. Someday. But anybody, check out the tool they're using. It's the, it's the special uh, it's high this, fancy KTM tool that used to come with all the KTMs. Officially yes. the KTM survival tool. Yes. And it's opening up. So we were talking about the blonde, and this is, uh, or it could be that blonde. I might not be remembering correctly. And there, we're drinking the whole shot of IPA. He said the blonde or that blonde is a good one. Like as a blonde, it is, it but is. he said these are like his like IPAs that people like really dig and have a lot of fun with. So, yeah, so far I, so I good. Wouldn't have fun with an IPA. No, because every time I give you one, you go, "Oh my god, what the yeah. fuck was that?" Yeah, That's good stuff. Pop. It really is. <laughs> Wait, yeah. mm-hmm. That is good IPA. No, yeah. I'm not just saying this. That's not like homebrew. That's yeah. like yay. Yeah. Wow. Very good. Thank you. Oh Thank yes, you I know that blonde is hot. So uh, as we kind of keep going here, I forgot to tell you guys. Uh, slash seat time is the chat room that you can get into. We've got a couple guys in there. Angel, who's actually in Australia, so thank you for uh, saying fuck off to work and joining us here <laughs> on the show. I saw Lucky Guy nineteen in there a little bit ago, and obviously Dirt Buzz Dale, our good friend Mr. Dale Spengler, is in oh, there yeah. chatting with us. He said, check out that old guy on the right, part of the original Seat Time crew. That's very true, and honestly, that is why we have... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, look at that. It's so cute. Hey, mine's coming in, buddy. It's coming in. But that's that's what we're doing here, is it was more the idea of, like, let's bring in the guys that really helped us kind of start all of this. Brian's story's been around us since we started riding, since we started racing, since really, and then with seat time coming around, obviously my dad's put up with me for all 36 and a half years. He... You're welcome. That's all I can say. That was those gray hairs, just uh, thankfully to me. And then to bring it in, like for those of you guys who have maybe tuned into the show the past two, three, four years, you have no idea who this guy is. Well, this is Jason Schmidt, a.k.a. Bloody J. Go find that out on the forums. Is it foaming up on you again? Oh, yeah. You're just, are you like, really is your pinky all up in there? What are you, are you fingering yeah, that thing like, under there? I was rubbing the neck. I think. <laughs> wow, it. buddy. It's all my fault. It's all getting weird. Yeah. Uh, but he and I are the ones that started Seat Time literally five years ago, five and a half years ago now. And so we're going to talk a little about that, too. So, so how, how did... How did it come about? I want to. I want you to tell me what you think you remember about how it started, because I don't know that I do. Um, I absolutely <laughs> remember the first uh, conversation we had about seat time, and we didn't have a name at that point. But um, if you recall, because uh, Brian and I lived together in a very hetero, not very same, loose same bed, sense way, of the word, but um, words. We were driving around Dallas, like crashing. Saying, yeah. <laughs> Uh, we were driving around Dallas, crashing different apartment complexes, pools, oh, because yeah. it was summertime. And you told me about the idea that you had. I know. I'm telling you. I'm. <laughs> I'm going to have other beers lining up around the block for that me to hold. That doesn't even them. look normal. <laughs> no. I. Uh, yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm concerned. But uh, no, we were uh, crashing a pool in Dallas. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. 
I don't where it was one, yeah. specifically, but you told me about the idea you had, asked me if I'd be interested, and I said yes, and a couple beers away later. we went. Yeah. yeah. What was fun is, like, so our friend Jordan and you guys, if, again, if you go back and listen to any of the first 30, easy, um, we're always talking to Jordan. Jordan then was the time, was our kind of our producer. He was our Stephen. Um, nowhere near as sexy, though. Stephen with that beard and his metal wow. music just makes him that much more manly. That and Jordan, yeah, I mean, Jordan scares away chicks more than most chicks scare away chicks. It's really he's a lawyer. <laughs> Jordan, Jordan the lawyer, yeah. And, 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 uh, he was our lawyer friend, he but was, now he's uh, our legit lawyer. He was uh, actually a soon-to-be lawyer when we started. He hadn't even finished law school at That's that point. That's true. Going all the way to Texas Wesleyan. Yeah. Wes- Texas Woman's School of Greatness? I don't know. What I mean either. Meh. Um, but it's been an interesting road to kind of like the way that we went down, sitting on the couch, pre-recorded, everything was recorded, and kind of like the way that we went, and then when Bloody, after about a year, is like, just too much, can't do it anymore, it's like, believe me, I totally understand, so he kind of like just started going about, he stopped riding as much, but he met his wife, and everybody, you know, they're having all kinds of fun, um, being married, doing their thing, kids. making kids, um, which I understand, because I was making kids in between mm-hmm. seat time episodes, Um and then we met Steven, and we really kind of like found this this groove of doing these live shows, started getting more uh, couch guests on, and then we started realizing we could Skype people in, and it's just kind of grown to to what it was. Now, I have to say, though, Dad, from kind of like the beginning stages of it, before you got involved, really being, you know, maybe being a couch guest, and before the show had kind of come to that fruition, like, what did you think? Were we just, did you have any kind of inkling of, of how retarded we were, or just... What is going on? Because you actually did come on a on couple 11. times. I was on Yeah, 11. that's right. I was, I was just thinking about that. Yeah. When we talked about the National in Arkansas. And I could see the seeds of an idea. The execution was a little weak. I can't say the execution's any better. Well, but it's a, it's a lot better now. But um, I could see the seeds of an idea, and it, it's grown. You've got a lot more people that, that follow you. You've got a lot more, and your guests that come on are incredible. <laughs> I'm scared. I mean, you even <laughs> had the guy who took the overall at the IS, ISDT in your, on your show Look at next that, week. That shows his age right there. Yeah, that's old school with the ISDT. Don't say it. Is it E or is it T? We're going to check. Stephen, what's the time right now? 8.13. First person that tweets us what the ISDT stands for will get an SRT off-road product. Make sure you use the hashtags Pintful of Awesome and 2000s episode. So that's it. It's 8.13. 200 episode. Whatever. That'll be a, I'd be fucking really gray-haired at that point. 200th episode and uh, Pintful of Awesome, and we'll get you some SRT off-road stuff. I like that. That's good. I know what it stands for, but you, I don't know. And then, of course, yeah, so 10th episode was at SMS Racing. And was that the one, or was it later where we got Josh? Jo- you tried to get one. Josh was it. To, to, what's it, like, cap, what do they call it, well, topper we beer gonna, or something? I didn't well, try to get anybody to do anything. Yeah, no, it, uh, it happened. <laughs> <laughs> no, we were going to have a race chugging beer, uh, me, you, Josh. Mm. And Josh was sitting in between us. He, right when they were counting it down, he said, three, two, one, go. While he was saying go... He topped he both our of beers, our beers. Right? Was it topped? Is that But uh, yeah, what are the kids saying yeah, these exactly. days? <laughs> now, uh, whatever the hell he did, he did it. Our beers were overflowing. He chugged his. Thought he was a rock star until he vomited. <laughs> but didn't he have a big thing of dip in, and that's what happened? He swallowed his dip. Yeah, and he, like, he, uh, he chugged his dip with the, the beer. It was pretty pretty impressive. Yeah, see, now, if see, this was a full-time job, we'd be able to actually like go and research all that and pull those clips up. But the problem is, is all of us have real jobs. 
Um, I can work up like a stick figure rendering or you something work on that, of this. And we're going right. to talk about I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll put that together for you. I like it. I like it. Um, oh, so Lucky Guy 19 actually is in the chat room asking about the beer. Dad, tell us about the. the, the all right, get in the chat room too, uh, Lucky Guy 19. Tell us, is it the blonde or that blonde? Because. Well, whatever it is, that blonde's good. hot, but the blonde is good. It's good. It's got a. It's got a real full flavor. Doesn't have much of an aftertaste. It's got a. It's real foamy, so you don't. You know, it got shipped, so I, yeah, we can't really yeah, put that it. against the beer because it didn't oh, yeah. get shipped to us. So, uh, but it, it's awesome. I'd, we, I'd buy it. Nice. We we have two foamy and two not foamy. From what I'm witnessing, we're here. winning here, story. <laughs> we yeah. are winning. The, the Bryans don't have any foam. Yeah. Yeah. What's Brian going on with there? an eye, right? Yeah. Head on a beer. We're winning. <laughs> oh man, that's a great that blonde. Um, that is a great question, Mr. Dale Spangler. What episode did Fly come on as an official? I'm gonna say a, he put show sponsor, but I'm gonna put official show sponsor because if you he remember, yeah, he was sending us some was, T-shirts and stuff. Yeah. Well, about, I mean, shoot, yeah. within episode ten, honestly, I yeah, think. it was. Actually, so they was, teased you a little bit first. Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, well, it's, it's Dale Spangler. What, he knows how to work the system. <laughs> yeah, what crack dealers do is they give you the first one free, <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. No, but uh, yeah, no, it was pretty early on. And it's fun because of the fact that I don't really even remember at the time how Dale Splanker found us. Um, but it was the whole idea. He even caught it. Is I love the fact that you're drinking beer and kind of you're not trying to be someone you're not. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the whole idea. Is like, And that's why it's been a big part of the beer drinking bench racing scene is that that's what everybody does. And, and, yeah. and even Training if you're, fluid. Mm-hmm. Training, training fluid, fluid right? And even if you're not a fluid. beer drinker, you still kind of get that same camaraderie. Now, Brian, you are a badass. You have been racing dirt bikes for a long time, 12 times at the ISDE. You may have even been back when it was still the ISDT. I don't know. Um, it used to be the ISDE. Then it became the ISDT. Then it became the ISDE again. Mm. Like I don't know, they so, stone stone wheels in the beginning of that, right? So how many <laughs> exactly? How many like maybe you could tell us one of your best kind of bench racing stories from the ISDE? Either somebody that you were just like, holy shit, I had the best damn day. So you were just just going down, and you guys were going back and forth. Maybe it was a celebrity for you at the time. I know you were on the junior trophy team, and you've been doing this for longer than most of us have been drinking. So. Man, each one is a, is its own adventure. Each one is a is a great experience, and there's and, and I went a bunch when I was younger, and then took a long break. And and uh, see what he just but said. I, I really I won a bunch when I was younger. I went a bunch when oh, I was win. younger. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. I thought he just like slurred it right. just to make it sound like win. <laughs> I, I remember the recent ones a lot better, but uh, I I always have a really good time. And, and when I was younger, I had a really good time. There's there uh, a lot of people that. That haven't been don't realize there's there's two events that go on at, at six days. So <laughs> there's there's six days of racing during the day, and then there's six days of other events at night mm-hmm. um, that uh, the spectators partake in, and and anybody that might uh, also not be a finisher uh, typically uh, moves to partaking in right away. So uh, there, there's lots of lots of good events that happen, and there's good stories in both events, the daytime events and the nighttime <laughs> events. So best uh, best daytime event story, best daytime event story. Um, God, you know some of the weather races, some of the races when weather just got ridiculous. I can remember being in Australia in '98, 
and it, it raining and hailing on us so hard. And uh, I can remember uh, getting when they we got off some trails and got onto pavement for a minute. And I remember getting right behind a bus, probably you know half throttle and sixth gear on my bike at the time. And I was almost touching the back bumper of the bus going down the highway just uh, because the the hail hurt so bad. And and I caught myself laughing like a lunatic in my helmet. And I didn't know how long I'd been doing it. First time, second time, twentieth time. Who knows? Right. Yeah, I was like, wow, okay, what, who's this? And, and have I been doing a lot of this? Uh, but it wasn't it, heat stroke. Right. Yeah. That's what <laughs> but you know, I can be. I can remember being in Italy in '97, and and uh, you know, torrential rains there, and having an entire grass track underwater, and you you literally just. Uh, Tried to, and it wasn't the first time through the grass tracks, so deep ruts when you get to six days in grass tracks. And the whole thing, it had, uh, had creeks on, on two sides of it, and the creeks overflowed, and you couldn't see the ground for the entire grass track. And you just had to feel your way through it and try not to bury yourself and end your race there. So uh, it's amazing. Every couple of years, there's something crazy like that. You get to Germany the year that you went in yeah. East Germany, and, and uh, you drop down. Uh, onto a road, and suddenly there's thousands of spectators and cars on both sides of so the road. So you go, holy fuck, this is going to be a nasty oh, section? Oh, instantly right away. <laughs> if you've done a few six days, that is not a good sign when there's that many spectators. You're like, oh, shit, what, what's it going to be this time? Here comes the yard sale. And, uh, <laughs> and then, then one of the things you learn with experience that I picked up over the years is if you've got a hill uh, that, that you can't see the top of, um, you want to choose whatever line looks the worst from the bottom. And you would never normally think that. You always look and say, okay, man, that looks the best from here. But if you can't see the top, more than likely that good line at the bottom is a complete flipping disaster at the top. As soon as you get to where you can see, then there's a yard sale of motorcycles up there just cratered all over the place. Mm-hmm. And so I, I learned that. experience talking. Yeah, I learned, I learned it. You can take that to everyday long. life. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> We teach kids lessons on seat time. Right. Yeah, so if you see the really good-looking girl, you know, Mm-mm. she might have more damage once you get down to it. Got down to the once, back you, end? once you get, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> once you get further along. Higher mileage. <laughs> I like it. Just, uh, yeah, we could go. Yeah, that's yeah, Thursday. Yeah, that's yeah. Thursday. <laughs> it could get weird. All right, Dad, we're going to come back to you. Think about it now. Want your best evening story at the ISDE. That you can, well, it's the internet. Yeah, you, you can talk about whatever. comfortable telling. But, Dad, you so did a shit ton yeah. <laughs> of early motocross racing in your day. So talk about right. some of the cool, like, you know, maybe one of your better your better moments. I, I think I remember you talking about a time, and I can't remember the racer's name, that you were racing, and oh. you got passed by him, and you were just like, it, it was more enjoyment of being on the track with, with said... I, it, like getting passed by him than it was like actually like oh I'm getting passed like well with the Suzuki TM400 back in the 70s there was nobody that beat you to the first turn right but that didn't mean you're going to win the race <laughs> and so we're, we're coming up to the end of the first lap and we're at Wagaman in New Orleans and it's one of the nationals and I'm yeah, mid pack at that point and all of a sudden this little gray YZ Yamaha Come sliding around the corner. I'm, now I'm on my 400 Suzuki, full lock, power sliding. You know, I'm going as fast as I can go. And this, this guy comes around on the inside of me just totally, totally out of control. It's Pierre Carsmakers. And he winds up blowing the turn. 
absolutely just overcooked it, laid the bike down on the ground, dragging his handlebars, hit the berm, righted the bike, and took off. Now, I see this happen right in front of me, and of course, what did I do? I'm going, uh, apply my air brakes. I went over the berm, but I didn't <laughs> recover and went into the snow fence. It was just such an experience that to watch this guy do this, absolutely dragging his, he'd fallen over. He was sliding over sideways with his handlebars on the ground, hit the berm, hit the gas, right at the bike, and took off. That was, that's when I knew that my days as a professional motocrosser were extremely limited. They were limited <laughs> to the days that they had given you a card for? Right. You're like, ah. Uh, one year. All right. Now, I've talked multiple times about my experience, 2012, in Germany, at the ISDE, at the after party. Yes. Not only did I wake up with the Australians in Mitch Harper and Daniel Milner's room on the floor, but I had some European shirt on. I was really afraid of where that was going. <laughs> the good thing is, is I woke up with my clothes on, yeah. but I woke up with a shirt that was not mine. It was definitely a small, and it was like, <laughs> but you know how that's cool in Europe. Like, you wear the tight. You wear the schmedium. Yeah, you yeah. wear the schmedium. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. So, like, apparently at some point in time, my shirt either got lost, came off, traded. I don't know whatever happened to it. But, so that's, that's interesting. And I could, again, I could tell you what I think might have happened, but it's all a blur, really. So that's 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 interesting. That's fun. I I've never woken up indicting. in uh, you know a Australian uh, team member's room. Uh, oh, it was my team my, member. My. I wasn't racing. <laughs> <laughs> from from some of the other hands that I woken up in a lot of strange when I was younger, I, I, you didn't want to wake up in their room. <laughs> they they were definitely your team member. They were. <laughs> <laughs> Think about doing that with. Six inches and four inches of travel. Wait, wait, wait. And two straight wait, wait, to wait, wait. plugs. Are we talking six inches and four inches of travel with a bunch of dudes in your room or six mm. inches and four inches of travel with your motorcycle? Motorcycle. I, I, right. hey, I, I was like... I don't do the dirty stuff. Weird. Yeah. Weird. But can you imagine doing that in the old days with like the, the old KTMs called Pintons? Mm. Uh, you know, the four strokes, the, the Beezers and things like that with two inches of travel at best. And it was the same situation. They didn't cancel if the creeks rose. I, I, you know, I got lots of respect for those guys. And, and uh, here in the shop, we'll, sh we'll show good old-fashioned on any Sunday on a regular basis on the TVs here and, and uh, watching the segments on, on six days. And, and I've got all kinds of, of old six days videos. And, and this past year in Slovakia, even uh, the KTM team manager, he forwarded me some videos of races that he uh, found in the area that we went to in Slovakia. And, and a couple of the ones he found were really, really old. For, and uh, just, just watching these guys on, on Jawas and stuff like that. Holy shit. Going through <laughs> the same nasty, gnarly, rocky, rooty terrain. And, and uh, no, I mean, it, it, that would be just, just awesome. I mean, it'd be a, a, an absolute challenge. And back then... You know, they, they had to work so much harder to keep their bike going for the whole week. Yeah. Um, now the bikes are so tough, it's really rare to have a, a mechanical. I mean, still things happen. Weird things happen to people I know every year. Uh, but back then, those guys had to think about it. And, uh, you know, the only uh, experience yeah, I, mean, I really ever... had to be a mechanic. Yeah, and, and a rider, right? Yeah, and, and you had to think about saving your motorcycle, too. So now you get out there, and it's just, uh, you know, as fast as you can go in every test 
all day, every day. It's all about just pure speed and pure strength and, and, and charging. And back then, you were, you were having to keep that bad boy going. You, yeah, you didn't need a backpack full of spark plugs. Yeah, you, didn't, yeah. You, you couldn't use your bike up in the first couple of days and then expect to get to the finish still. So, right. yeah, I, the only experience I ever had with having to, to baby motorcycles was the, the first several times I went was on 125 two-strokes, and, and it still was, was by no means... Uh, you know the the type of machinery that that we're talking about here, but uh, you know in the early '90s on a 125 two-stroke, you would have to think about it. And, and twice I had to do top end jobs at six days during the race on, on 125s. Holy crap! You, you just got you and that throttle stop, buddy. You're just good friends. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, in the in the 125, I remember. Yeah, I remember the 125. I remember the uh, one we, the first time I got to six days and, and watching some of the uh, the world enduro riders and and uh, watching how they rode their 125s. Driving with the kill button. And, and they well, I, I remember watching a couple of them in the tests. They wouldn't shut the throttle off in the turns. They would just pull the clutch in. And so the bike would just be ripping, and then they'd pull the clutch in, and then you just hear it banging out. And, and pow, pow, pow. yeah, I mean, absolutely. It just shit. sounded sounded sick. It was really, really cool. And then they'd feed the clutch back out and tear tear ass again. And uh, but yeah, I mean, not not uh, take some of these bad not boys easy riding. on your equipment <laughs> to do it that way. That's what you do when you're a factory rider and you don't have to buy the parts. The next no, you don't. Year. You don't give shits. Um, now, bloody. When we're talking about bikes and mileage and really making it far in a race. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's let's talk about you and a good friend of ours, Vegas. Oh, holy hell! In a national enduro. You know, I T- was tell sitting us, here. Tell us okay. a little bit about well, that day. Hold on a second. Let, all right. Oh, do you have? No, bring I'm it. Let's sitting go. here. I'm sitting here. Your dad asked a question <laughs> about the uh, the older machines, all of that. Oh, you, you had a, you had a game the, plan. Well, no, I was just, I had this little drifting, not that I wasn't paying attention to you guys, but I had this little drifting, <laughs> drifting off moment where I, I was like strolling through the flowers, remembering when I had blown up the motor on my Yamaha, that 450, the white one. Oh, shit. And <laughs> yeah, I do remember this. Train Robbers was coming up, and I was like, well, I'm just going to be sitting here. You're going to be pit bitch. Yeah, I was going to be like, hey, would you like me to shine this for you? I mean, I wasn't going to have shit to do. And your dad was gracious enough to loan me his old Can-Am. And I, out of all the different stuff I did, and... Seemed like a great idea at the time, I bet. (laughs) Well, it hadn't rained. That that race was a shit show. Because, I mean, you guys did an awesome time putting it on, but Mother Nature just gave you all the finger the whole time. That was the one that was just... They got fisted. Oh, this was the Super Motor National. Yeah, 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 I remember this. Yeah, Yeah, and so, number one, my only experience on that bike was the day before the race when we showed up, and it was like, hey, here, just uh, take it around the field here. (laughs) And... uh, uh, yeah, that big old two-stroke. It was one of those. It seemed like it had an on-off switch over here. That was another bike that was never second into the first turn. That yeah, 400 is awesome. Oh I God. raced that at your, at your property on the vintage race. We even made a little fun little video about that. But, yeah, yeah no, that was that awesome That bike, bike was awesome. And that bike, uh, there was something that I, I gained so much more respect for the people that did this before with lesser technology because, holy hell, you worked. But there was nothing better <laughs> Than just 
blowing past somebody on one of those muddy hills on that bike because I felt like I was just sucking the life force out of them when they would hear that bike screaming past them and look over and like, I just got passed by the last century. <laughs> and it was, uh, <laughs> How was the suspension on that, that awesome machine? I think that you need to use air quotes when you say suspension because uh, it was, uh, I mean, the bike's in great shape. Uh, they were how much, how much, went into how each much other? travel does the that that's that thing have? Oh, it's got it's got like ten in the back and ten eleven in the front. It had plenty of yeah, travel. Twice no. as much okay. as me. It just no. the dampening in front. It didn't have cartridge, yeah. and and you had to put like ten twelve psi to help the springs. Mm. Had, oh yeah, because uh, the air assist had work works performance uh, in the back. Before they realized that was like, I mean, why I am I doing brand this? new shocks? They just were two of them, yep. <laughs> and they were too yeah. stiff for him. No, it was it was awesome. That actually, that is my uh, my one thing that when I see it on the shelf because I have a big shelf where I've got random stuff like mountain bike trophies, things like that. I have my first place from a national plaque up there. Vintage class <laughs> because everybody, uh, yeah, for the vintage class. That's and, you because you started and made it further than the next fucker. Yeah, <laughs> I think everybody else rolled up and they're like, dude, screw this. Yeah, before you got towed back. Yeah. You, were, you were the last person to get towed back in the vintage class. <laughs> yeah. It was one of those things where I was just like, okay, well, all right. I and I'm the one that had the towing back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, that's my bike. That was my section. You know what's effed yeah. up, though? That bike, when I rode it at, the t- at, at his yeah. TCCRA, still had that mud on it. <laughs> I washed that mud off of I rode practice. <laughs> And I was like, oh shit, gas is leaking. I gotta try to fix the gas tank from the crack that it has in it. So I washed it. That was the first time it had been washed after you had rode it. And in I tried defense, to fix the gas tank, didn't work, so I, I raced it the next day anyway. In my defense, if I'm loaned something, I usually wash it. Uh, Papa Pierce lived in a different state, yeah. <laughs> and so oh, I didn't bring yeah. it back with me. And, and yeah, and you got Arkansas, the like, there, different country. Like, at yeah. the place. At yeah. the place. But you gotta remember, these two guys, the way they met. They were downhill mountain bike riders. Now, how brainy is that? You know, I mean, you take awesome your brain brainy. out, put it on the shelf. You just watched the Red Bull Rampage downhill. video. I saw that. Yes. What do you think of that? It, they took their brain out, put mm. it on the shelf, and then go road. That's shit crazy, isn't oh, it? Oh, man. That's where we were supposed to be. That's where we were supposed that to be. That was the event we were supposed to be at. And, and I used the excuse back to Brian why I didn't do that when I was a kid, is we didn't have mountain bikes with 10 inches of suspension. You had. That's why I didn't do that. We well, had no suspension. We how didn't old have was mountain Gary bikes. Fisher? Gary we didn't have mountain bikes. Gary when I was Fisher. Gary, how you're sixty-six, sixty-seven? What are you sixty-seven? High Sierra, net over end style. Um, that was even before Tomac was riding. How old are you? You don't want to know. Eight, sixty-six. Sixty-six. In a month. Get. Gary Fisher's got to be about 10 years younger than you. Yeah, so mountain bikes were, they were there. They were just. They were there. They were just after your kind of kid time. They were. They were they clunkers. Were basically old. They were clunkers when you were about 20. With, with wide yeah. tires and gears. Yeah, I mean, they were, that's, yeah, that's what Gary Fisher and those guys in no Santa, Santa Clara and all that shit, Marin County and everything. Yeah, I mean, it was just riding down the, the crazy ass dirt roads they, and they stuff on clunkers. Yeah. Bombers, mm-hmm. The beat, put, beach. Put knobby tires on them, changed so. the handlebars. Yeah. And that's what they wrote. Yeah. That's what started mountain biking. So why there, does yeah. this country get its behind kicked in worldwide in mountain biking? Because of the fact that Europeans, Europeans realized that to actually be a good mountain biker, you need to train like a road rider. 
You need to have technical skills for sure, and a mountain biker, but you need to be able to pedal. And to be able to pedal, and to be able to get your heart and all that other shit to keep up, you got to train on the road. Do, do right? Time. How many times have you jogged? Lately? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's gonna go. I'm gonna go do this qualifier. I need to start jogging yeah, and running. It, it, and it's about stuff. a month to the first uh, six days qualifier yeah, this exactly. year. So, um, so I I attempted to run today. So it was quite a eye opening experience. After well, not once doing you had good weather, I mean, fall finally arrived in Texas. <laughs> yeah, I, I ran out of excuses not to go, so I, I went. But yeah, that that was pretty pretty sad stuff. But that's okay. I've got like a month to figure out how to do this again. Mm. So speaking about a month, which means nothing to what I'm going to say, Stephen, <laughs> what is the first video that we are going to be playing here? You know, you've got a lined up. You've got a process here. Oh, we just didn't get them into the notes, which is fine. Is it from the other side? Yeah. All right. We're going to do the From the Other Side trailer. So for these guys who don't know, Steven is a master when it comes to motion graphics work. And myself and Brian Vorrell included in all of this, uh, we are Full Pint Media Group. So Seat Time is a part of Full Pint Media Group. And we do do work on the side. And one of those things that we do is, is, is try to help other people in the industry brand and grow all this other fun stuff that's going on. And one of those that we wanted to ha- help is Rob Mitchell. So Rob Mitchell is going to come on Seat Time Adventures this summer and film for us, which Brian should still come, but he's pussing out because he's like, oh my God, Colorado. But so because of that, we did a lot of work for him on From the Other Side. So check out the trailer, tell us what you think, and make sure you go purchase that bad boy when it's available, I believe, on April 12th. I like Colorado. Still not coming. Off-road. The name itself sounds nearly as rugged as the sport. Man. Machine. Pitted against extreme terrain and obstacles. Not for the faint of heart. Off-road racing will test everything you have. Through all the struggles, injuries, and triumphs. From the private weekend warriors to the top factory riders, to the event promoters. The love of off-road racing is what bonds us all. From the other side of dirt bike racing, this is Off-Road. say it's a lifestyle which is so like cliche but it is you know it's just a whole way of living it's just like any sport you know it's it's hard to it's it's, your, it's a passion so i mean you love it and it's as long as i throw my leg over my motorcycle and i'm having fun i mean that's all that's all i care about is to be number one, the, the number one guy in off-road. I'm not going to give you an inch on the track. I'm not your friend on the track. You know, I'm, I'm there to make money and I have bills to pay. 
and, and I'm going to make sure that, that I do everything I can to beat you. I believe in my heart I can still win. It's just, it's not going to come maybe as easy as it was before. I hope you enjoyed the trailer from From the Other Side. Seriously, that will be available very soon. If you haven't checked it out, you can go to Facebook or the website, everything. Just search for From the Other Side. Um, I know that he does have his own Facebook channel for that or a Facebook page for that. Um, but, of course, you can go look for Rob Mitchell. Rob Mitchell has his own Rob Mitchell Films Facebook page. But, you know, our little full pint media group, we've been sharing that. So all that kinds of stuff is easy to find there. Um, that's going to be a lot of fun. So, but what's interesting is bending your hose. Ooh. My, my favorite new product is a fly product, and it's one of those that when you've been in this industry, and I've been working in motorcycle shops um, and running motorcycle shops for 26 years now, and when I saw this come out, I was like, are you kidding me? How did I not come up with this? <laughs> Why am I not rich? <laughs> and uh, every person I show to, I've got a lot of old-timer customers. I've got a lot of lifer customers. And every one of them looks at it and is like, oh, my God. i got people that will put five of these on the counter and buy them. So the new fly product I'm talking about is this simple little piece of plastic right here. And it's actually a very tough plastic, Okay. And when I first showed it to Brian, he, he thought it was, uh, he was a little confused as to what it was for. I was like, I don't know if Tan's going to be okay with this. Right, right. So I had to, had to show it to him in action. So here we are. This is the fly hose bender in action. And I still could be like, the, what, the third hand? Is that what we call it? The, the third hand. Yeah. That's what it should be called. They should have called it the third hand. That's the mistake that fly made. It's the third hand. But when you're wrestling... The five-pound can of gas struggling when it's totally full to put gas in your bike. And uh, you need that third hand to reach up and tuck it into your tank. And somebody, somebody at Fly came up with this little contraction. Contraption. Yeah. Words. Yeah, yeah, something like that, you know. But it's amazing. These little things are great. So you can get it from any dealer that sells for Fly products. Or Western WPS, Power right? Western Power Stores. WPS, Western Power Stores. I like it. And you were talking about, don't, yeah, go ahead, Dad. What's interesting, you know, people who are just come up with some silly little ideas that are brilliant. I see on your counter you've got some of those floating glass holders. The guy that invented those lived up the street from me in Little Rock, and he was a multimillionaire. He made millions of dollars because he invented and patented those floating behind your head glass holders. Oh, I mean, and mm -hmm. just little ideas with simple things that that are so handy, and they just. Uh, you're talking about croquis. Croquis, yeah. Yeah, but Absolutely. the kind the kind that float. Yeah. The special mm -hmm. kind that looked like a tube. Like we should have mm -hmm. had on that GoPro on one of the boat parties. Huh. Yes. The infamous boat parties. Which is coming back this year, by the way. I saw that. I saw the invite for that. I've got my liver training. Did you run the other way? We will be getting... No. No, he's signed up. Let's tap the brakes. We'll see. No, I... Babysitters can be found, man. They can be found. But, yeah, we will see. 
All right. Yeah. Um, One other thing on yeah. the subject of fly, and I feel like I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up, uh, we talked about Dale earlier, and I just wanted to throw this out there with his support early on. It meant a lot to both of us to the point that I don't even own a motorcycle anymore. I'm walking around this shop with a visible erection, and every bike that I see I want to take home. Unfortunately, right now with two kids under two, Brian's I'm looking around like, which one could he fuck first? This is going to be weirdly yeah, weird. No, it's like, <laughs> I heard him buying a house. We can screw that up and just have him buy a separate bike. Buy bikes. a motorcycle. No, uh, I'd... got some good used ones you can get. Yeah, well, right now I'd, I'd probably be better off bringing home a hooker and meth than uh, a bike right now with everything we have going on. But, uh... Uh, Interesting what, household you have. Yeah, well, no, 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 no. <laughs> but it'd be more, it'd be more popular with my wife. Oh, None of oh, me. then a bike. Oh, yes, yeah, uh, okay. No, we pieced it together. Oh, now, uh, even a four hundred can amp. Yeah, well, we can talk now. Uh, <laughs> Don't look at but, me with those eyes of greatness. With uh, with Dale though helping us out, I, that meant so much to me. I still go out and I still buy fly hats and things like that to wear, just because that that was such a cool thing. Him reaching out so early on because I don't think we even I, we didn't have a clue what we were doing at that point. And so like, last year I was Even racing now. BMX. I made sure to always go get fly gear to do that. So no, it meant a lot. And even though I'm not attached to this anymore or anything like that, but seeing fly supported this, it was. They were there early on, and it's really cool how they've been around. So, so to sum this up, you used to be cool and mm. ride dirt bikes and wear fly. So now you still wear fly. So to try to still look cool is what you're trying to say. Yes, yes. I I pose. I think is yeah. what it's called. He has, he has two kids. That means he's worn his fly gear twice. You need to get one of these shirts. Mm. That, that is a nice mm-hmm. shirt you have on over there. Actually, it is. It is. Yeah. A little bit of the stuff that we do like to do on Sea Time is talk about some of the off-road news. So just to kind of do what we do do on the show, yeah. let's chat about some of the stuff that has been going on. As we say, we do have good uh, good friends and we're good fans throughout all the good places in the off-road world. One of the places that you can go to get your kind of your your dirt buzz, your off-road buzz, all that stuff is dirtbuzz.com. And for that recent dirt buzz, of course, we had the GNCC second round this past weekend, the inaugural Cannonball GNCC. They've been going to Georgia quite a few years in that back half of the Daytona Bike Week, but this is obviously a new one. This, this was a new property? Yeah, new property. Okay. I know. Good for those guys. Finally, not just ringing out the same bitch, bringing her back. Hadn't seen it on TV yet, so. Yeah. Well, it's because it's on the internet. Okay. I'll, I'll catch up. Okay. It's on the internet. Um, These things scare me. The winner was Josh String. Uh, Caleb Russell in second and Stuart Baylor in third. Um, lot of, lot of shakeup with this race. Caleb Russell did a really good job leading this race from the very beginning. Um, on the last lap, he was leading through the white flag into the pits. Though, Stephen, do you have this thingy? I do. Let's just go ahead and play it while we talk about it. Maybe if you have like a repeat thingy, I don't know. Um, but with this, so Caleb Russell kind of comes through that last bit, and right when the camera cuts to him, lead that between uh, oh, in the look pits, at this. you oh, see mercy. his wife Russell hits pinballing wife? out of the yes. turn, he and him kind of like, like on the brakes. And then the all of a sudden, track. you see Josh Strang like, hey, fly through the turn, Strang, slam on the brakes, and look back. Like you could tell, I mean, something weird happened. So I've kind of asked around, and nobody really asked, and if they did, they didn't say, which is fine. What happened? 
Obviously, the easy assumption, it's the pits, it's all that kinds of stuff. You know, Caleb Russell's expecting some kind of water bottle handoff or something. It's the last lap, just that last bit of juice. Um, and it, that probably went wrong. I mean, honestly, like, you know, there's really no other assumptions to make. I mean, that's pretty... But it just... It's interesting because those little weird things could be, like, in the long run, you know, we've got X amount of races left. That could be something that could be, holy shit, I lost the championship by two points. You know, and you're like, like, and obviously you can't go, damn it, wife, like, because it's just a thing in life. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, it just happens. Seems like weird race strategy running over your wife. Yes. Would you do it's that? Just to drive home long. Oh, yeah, exactly. I, I bet. <laughs> that was a painful <laughs> trip. <laughs> but he still has a 14-point lead. I d- no, Josh Strang oh. has a 14-point lead. Josh Strang ran over somebody else's wife after he ran over his own wife, the other guy. So she has two sets of tire prints on her back. How are you going to explain only that to us? Only her husband knows for sure. <laughs> Man, that's just... <laughs> <laughs> oh, you left the dirty stuff to him. Yeah, yeah I was yeah. going to say. It's <laughs> not dirty. She took a bath. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh. She's oh. really a sweet girl. Okay, his <laughs> wife fell by tripping on a rut. I don't know. Well, they say on the show that she tripped on a rut backing up, but I asked Rodney Tomlin, and that is not what he told me. So Rodney Tomlin is one of the guys doing the show. So, they, yeah, they could say that it was tripping on a rut, but I'm just saying. Like, it's weird. It, what what did Rodney have to say? There's no stupid shit going on. The thing is, is that it's it's just dumb luck. It's the biggest thing. Like, we're tripping on a rut. Whatever it is, it sucks because of the fact that now his wife's involved, right? You're a racer. You know, you're trying to be, you're trying to focus on one thing, which is winning the race. When you're, when you see, or either you cause your wife to fall, or you see your wife to fall in that situation, obviously it's going to kind of pull you well, back well, from being on. in the is, mode. Is she okay? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so she's all right. Yeah. But still, it would be very disturbing to be in a race and mow your wife down, and it would be or very just distracting. Even, I mean, like, just, like, just You'd be concerned her for her fall. well-being. Yeah. That's what know? I'm saying. Like, yeah. and, and it's like, and, and you could even tell that, that whatever the situation was, that when Josh Strain came through, he was concerned. I mean, he slammed on the brakes and was like, what was, you know what I mean? Like, so it just kind of like one of the, I mean, there could have been a spectator, could have been whatever, but the fact that it was Caleb Russell's wife is what sucks the most about the situation. Um. You know, I mean, but obviously there's like, you know, Tamara, my wife has helped me out a lot. I know that mom has helped you out of races. When you had all ladies just like pawing you down, they were helping you. I've seen Sean just in her little skibbies just out there like waving the flag at you. Like, good job, buddy. Sean does a good job. No, no, she does a great job. She's a hard worker. So they're, they're very, very supportive. And that's that's awesome. Like we can't, we, there's no knocking that kind of stuff. So it's just like one of those weird, shitty situations that it's like, damn it. Like, ugh. At the professional level, though, a lot of times they say, if you're not a pro, don't go in the pits. I mean, there is there is that risk. How many times do you yeah. see family members helping pro athletes, mm-hmm. pro racers? It doesn't happen. You know, you've got the factory teams because there's too much at stake to have families involved in the pits. Yeah. Well, we they stand a, behind we, the pit. We line. might see a little bit of that in the, more, in the near future just because of the fact that, I mean... So what happened after that? So it seemed like Caleb, I, all I did so far was uh, take a look at uh, the results and just looked at the, the lap times and 
and looked like he led all day until the last lap, and then yep. it showed he finished 45 seconds behind Strang at the yeah, end. Yeah, that, so. that was kind of the deal. It was like Strang got Strang made the pass right there, but um, and then kind of kept, you know, obviously the I mean. Uh, I don't want to make it like he just blew by, like, fuck you guys. Like, I mean, obviously, you could tell he was even like, whoa, what just happened? Kind of slowed down, kind of took, he was like, okay, well, everybody's okay, everybody's moving, took off. Caleb kind of did the same thing. He was like, wife's alive, cool, like, we didn't kill anybody. <clears throat> kind of, you know, took off, kept racing. So, and then, yeah. And that's the thing is, it's like mentally, like, at that point, like, was could you, like, like get back in the race? Like, well, could you? You know, I mean, maybe, maybe not. You just don't know if you're not in that situation. So that's an awful tough thing to knock you out of your groove and change your focus. You know, in a at the very end of a, a long, intense race like that. So even if it was only for the first half mile, yeah. if it was if it was on his mind even for the first half mile, that could have been the difference. Absolutely, he could you yeah. know make one mistake and and uh, but yeah, so that's a, a tough situation. So. And then we also had, uh, I guess, Thad ran out of gas on the last lap as well, and so it looked like he was really off. close. He was right there in the in the lap times, and and uh, so he he was right there as well. And then all of a sudden finished, I guess, eighth or something like that. Yeah, I mean, uh, Stuart Baylor getting third in the race, which is awesome for him because this is like his first XC1 podium. And he has like all kinds of yeah, injuries could- in the past couple of years, like. So super excited to see that guy on the Get, podium. Getting to know that that kid at six days, he's uh, man, he's he's had some some real injury issues, and and I've watched him ride through some injuries that uh, I think a lot of people would have just packed it in and and called it done, and watched him go out there day after day at six days, um, just on on pride, you know that. So I've I've been pretty pretty impressed with that kid a couple of times so far. Good, yeah, I li- I like him a lot, and I'm glad that. I know his programs as of late have been very privateerish, and that's you know, and I understand that the industry there really is when it comes to off road, the industry is like. Well, if we could get some more manufacturers to step up and and we're uh, seeing a little bit more support try. from Suzuki, which is good. Yeah. I mean, Suzuki's kind of helping out with Obermeyer uh, Suzuki. I so mean, it's good. you know, KTM and Husky can only sponsor so many riders, and and the reality is, and, and I'm a KTM and Husky dealer. I, I love these brands, and I believe in everything they're doing, but. You know, uh, the reality is that they're probably sponsoring more people than they than they have to. Um, but they're trying to support the sport, and yeah. uh, and and so they're sponsoring a, a, a handful of riders in in each one of these circuits. When none of the other manufacturers are really doing anything, I mean, Yamaha's got a little effort, and Honda's got a little effort, and Suzuki's trying to starting to do a little more. Um, so. It'd be nice to see some of the other manufacturers step up and really try to compete more. And, and like I said, I know, you know, and, and I don't want to discount the effort that, that Yamaha, I mean, the Ampro Yamaha team is really first class, and and the the, the Johnny Campbell Honda team is first class yeah, as well. Johnny Campbell's, the, but, well, uh, the Honda But they're only sponsoring a, really a couple of riders, you know, yeah. and and uh, you, we're not seeing anything out of Kawasaki these days, which Team Green Kawasaki was was a really big deal in off-road racing for the majority of my life and to see them completely out of it um is you know it's just mind-boggling even, even to in me product not just in support of riders for which riding they just don't have the product yeah, yeah. no i i am i uh you know i i was a, a i bled green for a lot of years and and uh you know i worked my butt off to get a team green ride and and uh that was 
you know, they they were considered to be the best rides in off road at the time, and 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 now they're they're just not even in, involved. Is is crazy with with the number of people that are riding and racing off road motorcycle events. I mean, just look at how many people are at a GNCC or a National Enduro, and you go look at the the local and regional versions of that and see how many people are riding and racing. And how can they not want to be involved in that? That just just blows my mind. But it'd be nice to see more manufacturers step up with bigger teams and more teams, and and uh, and then guys like Stuart Bayer could could actually make a, a real living then because there would be more rides. And uh, there'd be more money to where those guys could really make a living and, and divorce the more time to, to really working hard at it. Yeah. Or just healing. Opposed to healing. trying to go Absolutely. race again and actually yeah. like just make a dollar. Yeah. As long as it shows up in the showroom. Is, you know, if they can throw money at it and support people, but if it doesn't show up in the showroom and they don't have the product to sell. I was going to say, if they don't develop the product line to for those wins to transfer yeah. to I've oh, seen wow. so many KTM guys and honestly if I was look, if I was looking for a 250 last year I would have bought one um, what Yamaha's put together in their uh, X in their their XC program now those FX's that they're starting to come up with you can tell that they've put the time in they're starting to figure out they're listening to guys like Jason Rains but they're still not putting the money into it that you can see that KTM and Husky. Is. Why, why would they want to put a lot of money into a sport that KTM is going to dominate? Until there's product out there to compete with KTM and now Husky, um, you know, KTM in white for now, why, why would they want to spend a lot of money on it? Well, so, I, I think the FXs do, and, and I think they compete at it just the right amount. And Yamaha but, does, but for Honda and Suzuki and Kawasaki, uh, yeah, none of those guys. It, it's not every dollar they put into it's not going to give them a return in the showroom. Yeah, because nobody's going to go buy to the the, the four fifty or the two fifty and then do all the modifications that what we used to have to do to all these motorcycles. When now you can go buy off road specific race-ready machines, or even just riding machines. And you and I have had the discussion many times how KTM has just created the niche. Yeah. You know, as I was growing up, I can remember times when there were basically uh, half the bikes on the line were Suzuki. Then there was a time when three-quarters of the bikes were Yamahas. Then there was a time when a whole bunch of them were Hondas. Um, and now you go to any off-road local race, and it's all KTMs and a few Huskies. A few, like that race you went to last weekend, I commented mm. In your in your expert AAA type classes, there was one Suzuki, two Hondas, you know, one Gas Gas. They they don't have the product to compete. Anybody any amateur coming up right now, unless he's just bigoted, pardon my French, he's going to buy what wins, and that's a KTM. And it's something that is going to roll off the floor, and you're instantly not going to be you're not going to have to do a lot to it because that's, I had always been a Kawasaki guy on the street side of things. Then when I started, when I got on dirt, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go buy a Kawasaki. Well, there really wasn't anything to buy. So I bought some clapped out, just horrid thing. And then I realized why everyone around me was on orange. Yeah. Uh, well, at the time, actually a, a lot of us, actually the we first thing blue. I went to was, yeah, you guys were, we on, were blue. on blue. I went blue, and then you guys went orange, and I was like, ah, what the hell? I went orange, too. <laughs> so, uh, no, it, there really wasn't anything out there to match I, up. I grew up riding yellow. I mean, if it, if it didn't say Suzuki on it, I didn't buy it to pay, take it in the woods. Because mm-hmm. I had a sponsorship in motocross uh, 
back in the old mm-hmm. days. So I, I, I bled yellow. Mm-hmm. But they didn't keep up. Yeah. Well, uh, I know that Jason Thomas is on a YZ this year. And got fifth overall in uh, Lucky Guy 19, saying he was on a 250F. Now, that I didn't know, so that's actually pretty impressive. Hmm. Yeah, that's what Shane told me he was going to ride this year, said he was going to ride a YZ 250F. So uh, that, Yeah, that's actually that's wow. very impressive. Um, but the 250F, or the way that guy rides when he was doing well in the XC2 class, I mean, it makes sense, you know, because you if you're a guy that likes to rev a bike out versus, like, kind of sit in the throttle and kind of torque it a little bit more, like you do a lot more of the 450s, I mean, it makes sense why you feel more comfortable on a 250, like, in that regard. Yeah. I don't know Jason real well. I've just met him a few times, but he seems more comfortable and more confident on the smaller motorcycle. So, and then that's what, what Shane Watts, my buddy, tells me as well. And so he, he told me he was going to ride 250F this year. And, and uh, man, fifth overall, that's, uh, that's really, really impressive. So That's some tough Yeah, shit. With, with the number of guys lining up, especially here early in the season, um yeah that's a stacked stacked field yeah um one of the interesting things was the the super enduro that went on this past weekend in Prague too so we uh didn't see oh, one the, last thing oh. shout out to uh to Russ for getting uh fourth didn't didn't Russ get fourth this weekend at the GNCC Russ Bobbitt Russell Bobbitt yeah, yes, yeah. yeah Russ yeah, yeah. got fourth uh Georgia homeboy you know Russ, I was like yeah got uh and doesn't not a GNCC regular no. and uh you know, but shows up and gets a fourth overall. So very impressive. Yeah, real good stuff. That's great too to be right in between Stuart Baylor and Jason Thomas, who are GNCC regulars. Mm-hmm. But Stuart Baylor's obviously done really good at National Enduro. And too. Ryan Sipes is still hanging in there. He's trying. He's trying. He yeah, was doing si- a lot Sipes. better oh. on his own program. He seemed much more consistent at the end of last year. Um, and I know he's kind of he was on Huskies then, but he's kind of going to that new coastal racial team under Barry Hawk. Um, you know, just, I was expecting a little bit more of him out of the gun. Just watching him at the the nationals the last few years, um, you know, clearly he's a better sprinter from me watching. Yeah. You know, if I watch him at a akin to full gas sprint enduro or national enduro or six days last year, um, obviously, I mean, six days is all about sprinting in pure speed. And uh, the GNCCs, obviously, you have to have a lot of speed to be competitive at the top. But it's still it's not a sprint. It's three hours, okay. Yeah. Um, but but Sipes, um, it just for me, clearly looks like a much better sprinter than he is three hour endurance racer. Yeah. So um, we'll see. You know, he's steadily getting a little better every year. Still, this is true. I'm excited to see though because I I think it's great. Um, what I've heard, like I, you know, I listen to Paul from X, I listen to DMXS, a lot of the radio, other radio shows that cover a lot of Supercross, Motocross. And people like Ryan Sipes come up, you know, because of the crossover now. Because somebody like Ryan Sipes, who is such a huge uh, entity in the motocross and supercross, is now doing off-road. Like, they, they kind of talk about that. And so now people come in and ask questions to professional off-road, uh, I'm sorry, to professional motocross and supercross guys. When are you going to think about going to off-road? It's not an if anymore because Ryan, you know, because Ryan Sipes has now done it and he's proven himself by winning the ISE last year with that overall. That people are really starting to kind of ask, like, is this going to be something you're going to think about? Not somebody says it and then they go, "What's well, weird? Why would you even think of doing that kind of a thing?" 
it, so. it's been going on for a really long time, though. It, it just uh, it's just more it, prevalent it, now that everything it, is more. It's more prevalent, and, and information's more out there than it used to be. The internet's made everything easier, but a lot of your top off roaders in the past have been motocrossers. I mean, think about Ty Davis. Ty Davis, you know, he uh, you know famously was the last one to beat Jeremy McGrath in a Supercross championship before he went on his uh, championship run. Um, so Ty was always a, a hardcore motocrosser, but but had ridden, grew up riding off road, and and then went on to have a very good off road career. Uh, Rodney Smith, uh, Rodney Smith, uh, you know he won some uh, South American motocross championships after being fairly successful in the nationals here in the U.S. and then uh, went on and raced for the Chesterfield Suzuki team in the World Motocross Grand Prix. Uh, I believe finished in second uh, one year before he turned into a full time off-road racer uh when's the last time we heard of a, a cigarette company sponsoring a race team by the way yeah. chesterfield suzuki yeah or the, or the uh, winston cup yeah there you go i was like like a uh, camel supercross yeah camel that, i remember that, that yeah, would be camel fun. pro we supercross get, get camel back in there yeah now it's all energy drinks energy <laughs> drinks energy <laughs> yeah. drinks and they're probably just as unhealthy for us as cigarettes fuck high. it <laughs> moved on to the next vice yeah <laughs> It feels, feels good in my body. It feels so good. Um, Super Enduro in Prague. So we're at the penultimate round. Awesome we city. We did not see Cody Webb or Johnny Walker at the top. We got to see Colton Haker, our American brethren, uh, get the kind of the overall win on the weekend of the three races. Um, then we saw Taylor Robert in second and Taddy Zuziak in third. So because of that, the points shakeup is absolutely crazy right now. Taddy's racing again? I know. He he uh, he raced. He tried to race in his hometown. He won the third. Yeah, he tried to race in his hometown, but uh, it was his injury and everything was still kind of like just so jacked up that he couldn't finish off into the prestige races. So he's just been out there doing the heat races. Um, but yeah, no, he did really good racing there in Prague. So. But third overall. Notice something here. Old fart time. I'm the one with the paper and the number two software pencil. All the rest of these guys have their computers or it's in their head. Uh, no. What, what do you notice? When here? Brian he and I did up. this before, yeah, I, I just sit here and nod these days because I'm out of touch on a lot of it. But I always had sheets printed out whenever we were doing the old episodes. So. And I had my iPad. Yeah. I remember I the first, the first senior moment. Yeah, first episodes I did with with these guys as well, and and we had printed printed out sheets mm-hmm. and, and uh, points we were going to discuss, and yeah, and I I remember I would sit there at and I don't work there now, but I would wish I would sit there at work and put together the uh, uh, the different uh, results from what we were going to talk about, and I would bring mm-hmm. them for us to review. Yeah, and that no, was I'm the sorry, big thing. I got us off track. No, 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 no. I think it's fun. That's so, something I was wondering. What, 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 from, from the Super Enduro this, this past weekend, what do your notes say? Well, it basically, I would, again, I was surprised. Blasusiak, a fellow Pole, uh, you know, us Polacks got to stick together. He, it, he, could, he could come back. And Cody oh, Webb's doing well. He's got all the skills in the world, you know. Yeah. He's got all the skills. Got all the he's skills and his, ego. Yeah, he's just got to get his, uh, you know, his fitness so he can have his intensity. Yeah. And he, but he's got the skills. Sounds uh, like another guy I follow. Called Alessi. 
Oh, Jesus. Uh, yeah, what's up with that? You know, oh, yeah. just, Michael I mean, fan club over there. I, I, I tell my wife that watching Supercross, I'm like, it's not like that guy all of a sudden, you know, has, has pooped his talent out or something like that. He's still got the talent. So is it fitness or is it it's effort? Fitness. You it's know, uh, is it just desire? Is the guy not willing to take the risks anymore? Is he just scared now? It's and sure that's real not a problem with his starts. Yeah. Because he still will just yeah, can, rail yeah, out. He gets yeah. hole shots every now and again. Yeah. Well, he's yeah, clearly not scared time. of that. I, uh-huh. I think he's scared. I, I think that he's just gotten to the point where he's he uh, doesn't want to hurt himself and just wants to keep going every weekend. And watching him, he just doesn't take any risk whatsoever. And he's perfected getting out of the way. Absolutely. Um, yeah. You watch that guy when somebody comes up to pass him. He doesn't slow down, but he perfected getting out of the way without slowing down. I mean, it's a science for him. Right. His next career is a bullfighter. <laughs> <laughs> Take his brother with him. Huh? Yeah. Uh, no, let's Shine keep watching him. I'm sorry. Wait. No, let's not talk about that. Well, we're not going to get into laser gate. Yeah. <laughs> laser gate. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm so. Torn on the excitement though for Super Enduro because we got one more round uh, coming up. What was the date on Dead Bad Boy? What's our point situation here, Brian? It is close, unfortunately. It is like crazy it's one close. point between uh, Walker and Haker in the standings. Yep. And then Webb's only seven back. Yeah, and then Taylor and Robert now is is, is yeah, there. If, he, if so everybody we got, had, we got one weekend. point between a Brit and an American. Yeah, and then. Another American seven points seven back. Seven points back. When Webb was pretty much like walking away with it. But so he didn't get any points in that third prestige race because of the fact, I don't know what happened, and I maybe shouldn't say this, but like he said something about those damn kill switches. That was interesting. A, yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen a kill switch fail. I run two motorcycle shops and haven't seen a kill switch fail in probably three years. Um, but that doesn't mean it doesn't happen. That would be an extreme rarity. Yeah. So, I don't know. But What they would do is they'd short, they'd get wet, and they'd short. But that, I'm sorry, that's ancient history. Back in the day with the Germans. With <laughs> the Germans. The Germans. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, holy shit. This is now, like, a legitimate title When's the last battle? race? Uh, we got two weeks. Where is it? I had it. I have it too. Nope. Poland. Let's see. No, that's over. GP Spain, March 19th. That sounds right. Spain, huh? I like okay. science. It's this side. Spain, March 19th. Yeah, so they're probably all still over there right now. They're probably re- getting ready to rumble. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I think right after that, that's I think Taylor Robert is getting ready to then race, start yeah, doing the World Taylor Enduros. Robert, factory KTM mm. World Enduro mm. team this year. Mm. Yeah. So uh, I imagine, week of April. I think he's pretty excited about it. And, and, you know, Taylor's super nice guy and, and uh, very talented, very, um, you know, it just just – he can do any kind of dirt biking, any kind of off-road motorcycling. That guy is just phenomenal at. Uh, but I, I'm real. I'm going to be watching the the World Enduros. So uh, I watch them already. But uh, but yeah, it's going to add some extra flair to it for me, knowing that that Taylor's going to be out there and, and have an American to root for. Well, we were talking about kill switches, not failing. Again, chat room. They cut Malcolm Stewart's kill switch wire this weekend because it failed. Yeah, they they talked about that during the TV broadcast, and uh, 
anyway, said that it still ran like crap, so that didn't mean they fixed it. So, um, but that's an easy Bro, thing for a me- chat mechanics to do. Is is, is cut telling that the guys that know quick. more than we do? Just yeah. Tell them what did they say? Yeah. Hmm. Malcolm Stewart. Malcolm Smith. What did, I, what did I say? I don't know what you said. If Malcolm hadn't cleaned everybody out on the start, the start they wouldn't have had a week. He probably wouldn't have had a whole problem like, with his kill switch. Twice. <laughs> he had to just take the start for bowling yeah. and uh, <laughs> tried to knock down as many pins. Which, I, like I mean, God, I root for that guy like crazy. For some reason, I can't stand his brother, but love him. But oh, well. Yeah, my boy Davalos, he struggled this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think from the from the? What do I think? I, I, think I, w- that, I wish I wish Bobby Hewitt. You're talking about your buddy there. Bobby Hewitt would have just fucking nutted up and actually said what the real problem was. Well, what the fuck? Like, why on national TV are you going to be like, oh, he's got some personal problems with his family in Florida? He fucking couldn't get back in the country. Um, as as a husky dealer, you know, frankly, the the deal pissed me off. You know. Like that should have been dealt with when they knew the damn schedule yeah, you fucking know, a year if ago. You, if you know he's doing East Coast and you know you're going to Toronto, then you need to have your shit sorted out. Yeah, I mean, a that, year ago you need to have your shit. That's sorted ridiculous. Out. I mean, it, the what I was led to believe was it was just like the Dean Wilson thing from 2010. His visa was expired, and if he left the country, he wasn't going to be able to get, get back, back in. in. Yeah. Um, well, how the fuck is a professional athlete? You know, maybe we should plan ahead a little bit there, guys. You know. Yeah, so whoever his manager is is not doing a very good job managing their client. Because it's not just like, oh, I'm going to manage my client. I'm going to make sure you're where you're supposed to be. No, it's make sure that little things like that where it's like, oh, your paperwork expires this whatever. Multiple people at fault. But in the end, I mean, it's mainly his fault, mainly Martin Davalos' fault. I mean, the guy's 28, 29 years old. And uh, is a professional. He's a he's a professional motocross racer. Well, you need to have your shit straight. You need to have your ducks in a row. You know, there's a lot of people that uh, that are watching this. I mean, all the way down at my level, where I'm one of you know 200, 250 husky dealers here in the United States. Um, I want to see a championship won. And now we're not going to have a championship because he didn't uh, he didn't take care of his his uh, p's and q's. You know, I mean, this is this is ridiculous. So yeah. Um, disappointing for me. Um, it's interesting too because you know Steve Mathis is a big thing. Again, I'm a I am a big Pulp Mex fan. I love listening to that show. It's just a good entertaining show to listen to. Kind of catch up on some news, get some interesting, very sided opinions on stuff, but at the same time, didn't get some very professional opinions. But um, like it was kind of one of those things. Like, all right, cool. Well, I guess we'll see Martin Davalos battling for that next uh, twenty. Was it twenty twenty three? 250 title with uh, the, some 50cc racer now at, for 2023. I was just like, unfortunately, that's funny because it, like, it's like, yeah, I'll keep ringing this shit out if I can. Hey, Why not? It's, it's the rules, and uh, I got to tell you that it, I had a very, very brief professional motorco- motorcycle racing career. And, uh, you know, if it's within the rules and you can get a paycheck, I can't, I can't fault the guy for, for still going out there and, and doing it. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. Yeah, but that won't let somebody, somebody is going to, they've got to wake up to that. You know, the teams, the sponsors, they're letting their sponsors down big time on that. How could like a team you? manager not, I mean, it's not a big surprise what the schedule is going to be. How can you not have the, 
my company needs me to fly to India next week, you know what? They have folks that roll through and get my passport situation sorted and have everything lined up. I, I'm just I'm surprised when I hear about things happening like this at this level because I know that it, it doesn't have to be this way. It, it, it's humans. Yeah. It's oh, human yeah. Well, oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and they didn't go to Toronto last year, right. maybe the year before. I don't think they've been the to, and all that Yeah, they yeah. hadn't been to Toronto in a couple of years. I think the last time they went was 13, which is the last year I was doing a Supercross team. And and, and really, that, that was one of the, the races that me and my wife enjoyed going to the most. But, uh, but yeah, I hadn't been there in a couple of years. And uh, so I'm, I'm thinking that, that he just, Martin just had said, you know, screw this visa deal. So... And I, I'm I'm betting that's what got him in trouble. So turn around and bit him in the ass. How someone at the team didn't catch it and say, "Okay, wow, uh, we've got some serious work to sort this out," or he needs to ride West Coast. You know, <laughs> I yep. mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure Osborne's. Because uh, yeah, I'm could sure have that they knew they, they had to have been working on this paperwork before the beginning of the year. Yeah, yeah, maybe switch him and Osborne, put Osborne in the East and, and put Davalos in the West and. And sorted out that way. Uh, I don't know if there was an injury, and that's why they did it this way. So a lot of times that comes into play. But still, just ridiculous. Shouldn't have happened. Um, so bad, bad deal for, for everyone involved. and Especially as a second time. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I was really glad. Of course, I carry, you know, two brands. So I was glad to see Justin Hill win. So... I was excited to see Justin yeah. Hill win just because you could tell that that little shithead's been doing some, putting in the work, doing yeah. awesome. He was on the gas, off, fastest so. qualifier. So um, he he was on the gas all weekend. So good good for him. How about Jeremy's comeback after after being knocked over by unnamed fellow competitors in the first turn and finished second? That that guy's a bull, man. He's just charging all the time. That guy's only got one speed and it's just hammered down. On? So. Yeah, and and if I I watched in slow mo that crash, he actually crashed about as slowly and softly as you possibly could, Jeremy Martin. I mean, he just barely tipped over on the end. Um, if he had run into his teammate, yeah, he'd have probably recovered that power slide. Yeah, and there and there was no way anything on his bike got tweaked, and there were a bunch of other people down, and and but at the same time, he's still hammered down. That was impressive to motor through everybody. Mm-hmm. Mm. And it's funny to think that he did that, and what last year, if not two years ago, he wasn't he wasn't making all the mains. Yeah, Supercross has been a struggle for that guy. It really yeah, has. It has. Yeah. Supercross so I mean, if nothing else, him. you can say that Jeremy Martin. It's very apparent he's been putting in the work when it yeah. comes to Supercross. So does that mean he's going to be that much of a more threat outdoors? I, I have not done motocross to supercross like kind of training so i have literally no idea but you i know have so i mean that he's he's already proven that he's the the man to beat outdoors i mean he's he's a monster out there so i don't see anybody touching him in the outdoors this year maybe his teammate cooper webb giving him a push but i in the long run unless something crazy happens i don't see anybody having anything for the intensity that 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 guy's got that he brings yeah i like it I like it. Yeah, no, it's kind of uh, Angel, who is in uh, in Australia, we're talking yeah. about, is it talking about no one has control over immigration approval, period, right? I mean, that's mm-hmm. a, a thing. But everybody does know that it takes six to nine months. Like, it, it, people that are involved in that kind of stuff, they, they, they know what that kind of stuff takes. Three so, months if you 
rush it. Yeah, like I had much, to do. yeah. And so, like with that immigration kind of stuff, you know what it takes if you have to do it regularly. So, like, there mm-hmm. is nobody to fault except Davalos. And then after Davalos, I mean, he doesn't say this, but for me, it's like whoever that guy's manager is, if that's his mom, if that's his agent, if that's a whatever, like, dude, just ask the question. Yeah. Show Get your me shit together. Show me the money. Yeah. You know, knock knock up a local girl, have a kid with her, you know, and and then you're you got it all sorted out, right? Yeah, you know what you're supposed to do. Yeah, anchor anchor children at each of the potential sites. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Then you're just being a good dad when you go, right? Yeah, exactly. High fiving. Extra visitation time. Moving right along. (laughs) (laughs) So some of the stuff. The action. Some of the stuff that's coming up, of course, for us locally here. We do have Patriot Park, the TCCRA opening weekend uh, this coming weekend here. That's just into Oklahoma, right? Yeah, uh, exit five, uh, right after the the world's largest casino, the Windstar Indian Casino. Wait, Uh, what? World's largest casino. I think it's world's largest, is what they're How saying the fuck now. Is it the world's that? largest? Yeah, large. yeah. So right after, so exit right after is, that. Is that not because Vegas is like not considered? It's well, Vegas is multiple casinos. They're like more than one there. Brian. It's not just one. Should the we go to the world's one. largest casino? Have you not been there? Horrible. I've driven Even past your mother it. and I have been there. Just because I would yeah. fart the whole time. That's true. Right. Yeah. But, but anyway, yeah, go exit five and then truck it north another, uh, you know, 10 minutes on Highway 77 and then finally turn off uh, and head uh, down some gravel roads to the track. But uh, um, I'm expecting pro lap times in the 25-minute range. Um, should be a, a true test of, of fitness this weekend uh, for the, the local guys to, to get started for the, the real season this year. Sweet. So, I'll be in Oklahoma, but it's going to be in Broken Bow. Not racing your race, unfortunately. Yeah, we got a lot of Texas racing this weekend. We got uh, um, Caprock Canyon 100, Texas Enduro, with the uh, Turkey Grand Prix on Saturday, a race I grew up doing, racing through the city streets in Turkey, Texas, up Ooh, in the Panhandle, yeah. uh, with the Enduro the next day. Um, we've got uh, first round of Torn. I believe it's at Oak Hill Motocross this weekend. And then uh, the new growing series, uh, Scramble Cross, that Mike Kidd, the uh, and, uh, the originator of Arena Cross, his new series. And uh, he's going to his new track uh, that they just built at Village Creek Motocross. So he's racing there this weekend. So, yeah, we've got four, uh, four big events as far as off-road racing um, here for North Texas this weekend. Uh, but I'd be willing to bet we've got, you know, probably 1,200, 1,500 uh, Texas off-road racers will be firing off somewhere this weekend. Be racing their little dirt bikes? Racing their little dirt bikes. I like it. Well, I'm hoping for 500 at TCCRA. That Enduro two weeks ago. That was, I really liked that format. Yeah, it was the last Toro. Mm-hmm. I, I liked that format. That was because you don't, you don't wind up with 57 people in front of you from earlier rows that you have to try to tell them to get over. Yeah, a lot, a lot of you guys uh, that, that don't have good weather in the wintertime uh, here in the Dallas-Fort Worth, North Texas area, we have a series called Toro, Texas Off-Road Racers Organization, um, that uh, runs sprint enduros during the wintertime. And we had four sprint enduros this winter, and they all, it was the first year we did them, but it went off really well. They were patterned after the Kenda Full Gas Sprint Enduro National AMA Series. Um, but a lot, of, a lot of fun. I mean, we had some people 
you'll always find a stick in the mud somewhere. But interviewing people coming off the track seemed like nine out of ten guys really, really enjoyed uh, the format, um, chasing each other. So okay. it was a lot of fun. That was one of those things. From the outside looking in, since I'm not involved these days, um, I'd still see all the people like bitching left and right before it started. And it was amazing to see the shift. Everyone was hesitant to try the new format, but once the season cranked up, everyone had positive things to say. Yeah. So I was really happy for them. We, we had some stick in the mud still. We had we had one big Facebook post where people piled on, and it was pretty funny. Uh, the circuit president got on and started searching the names, and about three-quarters of the people that bad-mouthed it on the post had not uh, ever been signed up with the circuit. So uh, that there, was good entertainment. That and there are people out there that uh, they could walk down the street. Yeah, shitheads would be shitheads. Yeah, they could find a $50 bill, and they would bitch because it wasn't a $100 bill. So there, you can't please everyone. Yeah. yeah. So. And it's only rule. And it's not the only format out there. I I enjoy the the good old-fashioned hair scramble cross-country format still, and I got no problem with people that prefer that. Um, You know, I think variety is the spice of life. I I enjoy all forms of motorcycle racing. I've tried trials. I've tried road racing. Um, I do a fair amount of motocross still. Uh, We've got another new circuit here in Texas that started last year called Moto Masters. It's a vet-only motocross series. Um, that you know, we we raced at Swan. Gray hair, uh, don't come. Is that the? Yeah, yeah. Two weekends ago, we raced at Swan in Tyler, Texas, and was uh, I, I think we had about almost 250 entries of vet only riders. Uh, was a was a lot of fun. So and are these on old bikes too? Uh, they had uh, vintage classes, but no, it was just age classes plus 25 all the way up to plus 60. Uh, with A, B, and C in, in every uh, age group. And then they did have some, some vintage motorcycle classes as well, though. Diamond Dons is going to be part of that, I hope? Uh, I don't know if Diamond Dons is part of that, but uh, I know Diamond Dons is coming up pretty soon. I've been seeing posts. Uh, they're getting ready for the Big Vintage National again here in Texas. Yeah, we've got to pay attention to when that is. If it's an open weekend, we should totally go. Not even We don't even need to ride. If we can, awesome. But if not, like, we should still. That was still, my first ride on We should still. Well, well, was round, it really? Uh, you know, on that Moto Masters, round two of that Moto Masters is going to legendary Rio Bravo down uh, just outside of Houston. Oh, Jimmy uh, Weinert was the first American to win a Trans Am. Absolutely. Rio Bravo coming up here in, in I believe, another two weeks. So uh, anybody that gets a wild hair and wants to try it out, uh, maybe we should all head down there and and uh, go to a very historic track. Oh, that could be fun. I didn't know it still existed. It still exists. Uh, one, of, one of the guys I, I made friends with when we ran Supercross team for a couple of years, Vernon McKitty, he, uh, he runs the track now and takes very good care of it. Uh, I went down and checked it out, and it is a lot of fun. Uh, it is, it's still pretty darn old school. So uh, really fast, going up and down hills, uh, in and out of the woods, So, but, but a lot of fun. I like it. Um, so one of the things that we wanted to do was to find a way to help produce a lot more content about enjoying off-road um obviously if you're tuning into this show or if you're finding out about seat time or you're still paying attention for an hour and a half in obviously you enjoy off-road yeah. and you enjoy the fact that you there there is a very small community what feels like it shouldn't be a very small community but in the long run we're much bigger um 
We just don't get the TV play. We don't get all the kind of stuff that comes along with that. So that's why we're asking you guys to tell us what it is that you love about off-road in 15 seconds or less. Um, We didn't get the submissions that we wanted, so we're going to keep it going for about another week. Um, So what we want you guys to do within 15 seconds or less, tell us what it is about off-road, that that why you do it, what you love about it, and why you're doing that on a dirt bike. Um, And obviously we do have quite a few uh, giveaways. We're going to have some of the Fly LE kinetic gear to be able to give away and obviously a couple bits uh if you want to get a couple sets of kinda tires that will be up for gives as well so do that but because of the fact that we like max gersten and max gersten likes having a good time when it comes to a video camera we've got some fun for you you know what i love about off-road Two strokes. Bing Keep a pen. He's a good rapper. Oh. He's a good rapper. So as I reload my father's beer, Dad was just asking, he's like, you know. KTM I really tool. want, yeah, KTM survival tool that they don't give you anymore, <laughs> those bastards. Now that they've got to buy Husky, they can't give you survival tools anymore. Um, Sad. Um, Dad was like, hey, can I give you some of my best seat time moments? I was like, well, yeah, okay, Dad. Speaking to the mic, idiot. Um, it it kind of all roads lead to Stillwell. You know, some of the best episodes that I think Sea Time had are when your experts come on. And Stillwell... By experts, expert he means not experts. us. That, that was you know, he would come on a couple of nights and he would explain <laughs> things. Like the night he came on, and I think Cody Webb had on the beta, he had three completely different kinds of races within a 10-day period. Like he had an enduro cross, and then he had a this, and he had a that. And the bike had three completely different setups and he explained step by step by step how he had to change the bike setup and some of the, the hints he gave us you know like how do you know if your rear end is hopping if it's because your rear end's too stiff or because your rebounds not stiff enough you know little things like that or why the clickers are the last thing you go to to adjust your suspension you know what do you do if you spend all day trying to get both your static sag and rider sag the same, and they don't. What does that mean? You know, little things like that that that, that take you years to figure out. If you if you do nothing else but go back and look at old seat times that, that were the Stillwell shows, you could learn a lot. <laughs> yes, a lot. That man has. <laughs> and forgotten. that's why we pulled a lot of those out as separate segments because yeah. of the fact that what he had to say was so good so and the other one i enjoyed that i had the privilege of being privilege of being on both of them was with ricky brayback we had a chance to deal with him uh he made the cover of the ama magazine yep because he was trouncing everybody out in the desert and we kept saying you know somebody sponsor this kid somebody spun he's riding a three-year-old kawasaki yeah um because that's all he had and finally somebody listened the kid went to Dakar, mm-hmm. sponsored him, and he did outstanding. And then we got a chance to interview him again. So that was the most fun, by seeing Ricky Brayback before and after. So apparently somebody listened to us. So all you guys out there, 
get on the show and we'll beg for sponsors for you. Yeah. If it worked for Ricky, maybe it'll work for you. I think it's just because like he was on the show and then Fly noticed. Yeah, well, and then Fly it, got behind it. But the, if you want to learn something, go Dale, back to, Dale, to Dale did well. it. Dale did yeah. it all. Dale. And if you want to have fun, go listen to the two Brayback interviews. Yeah. Definitely. What do you yeah, think? He did great in the car. I think he was coming off injury too, wasn't he? For Dakar this year. And still did awesome. Yeah, he got as much as a second. He got up. His best day was a second. Yeah. Which is like damn I mean, impressive for it's being not a Caselli, second year. But it's yeah, close. but I mean, like, Caselli had done it once and did really good. And Brayback, that was his second year. So, I mean, it's still. That's pretty yeah. damn good. And he explained to us how it is when you're a. When you're water a boy. Bike. Yeah, when you're the water boy. When you're the, the water boy. Bike, you know, you're expected to follow around the lead rider, and if you need something off your bike, you just grin and bear it and give it to him. Yep. Mm-hmm. Just bend over and take it. But next year, he'll need a water boy. Yeah. Yeah, he's going to be the HRC guy for sure next year, or at least one of them. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's got the skills. He's proven he's got the skills for that desert racing. He's, yeah, that desert racing. Yeah. It didn't seem like it was very technical, at least the parts we can see on TV every year. So a desert racer seemed to have the up, have the advantage, and we certainly have enough desert out west. Well, they're running, you know, buggies and trucks and everything else through there, so it's not going to be, you know, too technical. It's all going to be fast stuff. It's going to be stuff that the Baja guys and the, the National Hare and Hound guys are, are natural at. Yep. Yeah. He was trouncing them all, so good luck next year. Indeed. Well, Stephen decided that he needed to go pee. I heard him diagnosed before with acorn bladder. He said, I have such an almond bladder that I just got to go tinkle. Is there a benefit concert for acorn bladder? Acorn bladder. It's a combination benefit concert for acorn bladder and squeak shoe, which he is uh, afflicted with both. Yeah, if you thought there were ducks flying over (laughs) earlier, no, it wasn't that. It was, it was his. uh, Do you know Andy Gerber? I know Andy Gerber. Yeah, he said hi. Hi, Andy. (laughs) Yeah, shout out to all the adventure riders out there, and and to you as well. Looks like the next KTM adventure rally is in Sturgis. Oh, it's no shit. Last I heard was it's Sturgis. That's going to be intense. Uh, Speaking of adventure rides, uh, this obviously Seatum Adventures is not an adventure rally by any means, but it's going to be obviously uh, Taylor Park again this year, July 19th to 24th. We've got two riders fully paid up. We've got two riders with the deposits in, so that means there are six more spots ready to go. We do have a lot of people talking about, oh, I want to go. I need to put my money in, blah, blah, blah. But obviously, it's first come, first serve, all that stuff. Brian's story has even been talking about showing up. So not only do you want to like hang out with some badasses, and when I say bad, I mean really just Brian's story. Like everybody else is just kind of like guys, but it ups the billing. Yeah, yeah, it just makes our marketing that much Does, better. Doesn't make it any better at all. <laughs> I'm just saying when when this guy like squats and like bends over in a motorcycle and like gives it, you're like, that's how you do it. You say goodbye. Try to keep his try to keep his dust in sight. Yep. Was, what, what kind of ride is Sea Tim Adventures? Well, I don't know what kind of ride does Brian's story want to put on today. No pressure. No pressure. <laughs> no pressure. There's, trails in, there's trails in Taylor Park for everybody. 
Oh, yeah, but... There's everything. But we're a group ride, so... If I make it out, I'll be at the playground part of it, and uh, yeah. I'll join you at the swings, and maybe <laughs> maybe we'll work in the slide. Everybody's like, where's the sea loop Well, bloody's leading up to sea loop and by the sea loop it means a 12-pack and a swing. <laughs> yeah. We're going to have C-loop a last man means, standing day? It's a, it's a UC loop, unconscious. So are you we'll our daycare center, though? we fall down. <laughs> are you our daycare center for little munchkins that come yeah, along? Yeah, oh, well, I'm well-versed right now, so... Uh, I would, I would be the champion of the daycare. You could be our DD. That would be the worst plan ever. Yeah. No. No. He's gonna push that swing with a beer in his hand for sure. Right. Yeah. Designated drinker. Oh, well, that's that, a fine too. Right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I just <laughs> wanted to make sure, like, we you, like DD didn't mean like responsible. We needed a translation. No, 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 no. DD, designated drinker. Designated drinker. There's a 12 foot trophy with my name on it. <laughs> I will drink out of it. I thought that was designated decoy, so everybody else gets away. Yeah, I'm the one that stumbles. Although I haven't. <laughs> okay. there, there will be no driving on this trip, so DD means designated drinker. Mm. You know, yeah. otherwise, like around here, it would be. Then I'm a else. champion, and you all need to start training. Damn it. Yeah. I don't know about this. Huh. All right. Yeah, check out the table over there. He's got twice as many on I his know. Table Brian's got an unopened beer. That's mine? Yeah, that's mine. Oh, sorry. I didn't realize that one was mine. You said you What's wanted to try a weed, motherfucker. Special tool. Oh, hold on. Well, I never knew what that was for. I've got like oh, three or four of them. I didn't know what they we were need to for. Bring them. You didn't know that I that kept... was the designated KTM survival tool? No. I kept looking for a place on my bike to use it. Yeah. It's got, like, a, it's I mean, got I can, like the Magic 13 at the other end, though. So Right. I can, I can show you that it actually is great for removing your oil fill plug. Uh-huh. Um, but it is a dual-purpose tool, otherwise known as the survival tool. It, it opens fillers. Hmm. Oh, you open your oil can with it. You take your, your, you know, your, your oil filler plug out with it. It drops right over the black plastic top and... Twist it loose. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's clearly what it was really made for, right? Oh, yeah. And that's what I've used it for every time. <laughs> yeah. Now that he doesn't have a KTM well, not, anymore. I've kept, <laughs> my, I've kept it in my butt pack forever as a rusty, trusty 13, right. and I didn't even know what it was really for. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so to wrap it up, remember Mickey's hand grenades? Oh, good Lord. Who was it? Sam that, Reynolds. Uh, I could remember Sam. I couldn't remember his last name. Yeah. Yep. That guy Lord. likes Crown, doesn't he? Yeah. Yes. Oh, but he bought, he bought, he bought, how many Red did Ripper he buy for us? That year. Oh. How many Mickey's, did he literally Enough buy a fucking a case? Yeah. Oh, my God. He Which, bought us a case of Mickey's. Who knew this? Who knew case? Case is too classy of a word to attach to that, but. No, I and I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I, that was kind of going back to my roots up at North Texas. I remember my old college roommate. I came home one day and and he was like, "Man, dude, you've got to try this beer I found." <laughs> one of the guys showed it's me about so it. Awesome. I was like, okay, and I open up our fridge, all oh, those little mini fridges, and it was filled with hand grenades. And I just died laughing. I was like. I will help you with this. And afterwards, <laughs> we'll give some lessons. But uh, no, So that, that was kind of a trip de- back uh, memory and possibly brain damage. Don't land. do this at home. Yeah, exactly. But no, yeah, hand grenade night was good. I, I had no complaints. Yeah. That was usually followed by McCormick vodka night, right? 
Yeah, and, exactly. And the big and the one point seven five plastic bottle. Yeah, yeah. For seven bucks. <laughs> and you go yeah, into but the dad unfortunately would take that and mix it with his fucking <laughs> Southern Comfort. No, I'd get hundred proof vodka. Oh right. And mix it with seventy proof Southern Comfort to give it a kick. And then get in the case taste if of you the Southern Comfort in the tank, hundred <laughs> proof vodka for a lower price. So you were putting Octane Booster in your in your bourbon. Basically, not, <laughs> yeah. Southern Comfort. It's a liqueur from New Orleans. It's a liqueur. Yeah. It's also a good way to quit smoking if you smoke and drink at the same time because you wouldn't want an open flame near that. Never right, had that right. problem. Like a mushroom cloud. The only smoking I did was on the track. Oh, very good. Oh, I laughed so go. hard. There it is. There you go. so true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize for killing Woody. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's probably... Oh, party Come foul. On. I thought, I thought you we drank got, all that. You got a low Steven, I think it's time for a wrap. <laughs> Way to go! He faked drinking a beer. What a son of a bitch. Um, well, uh, we were talking about the, the, the proof and the vodkas and all that stuff. Do you remember when we were doing, before, it was Vegas and I, I know, sorry, I'm trying to put this together. Vegas and I came to one of the train robbers. This was before the National, before all the craziness. And we went... And did uh, you had us go do? You had us go like like Very check exotic. arrows or something. Hey, go check the loop. Blah blah blah. Bring some arrows. If anything needs to go up, do some arrows. Okay, cool, great, great, great. We come back, and it's hot as balls because it was always like August or something when that race used to go on, right? So I mean, it is just retarded, 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 difficult. Who came up with the dates for that race? It always was. Well, they originally were were we had the sandwich in three circuits: Texas, Blackjack, and Sarah, and the only date that fit was August. But after that one date, when it was ninety-five degrees at the riders' meeting, what now? we realized we just had to move, so we were able to move to the second weekend in in June. After yeah, that. suck it. Get over. Think about the number of different um, series that would hit that same race, though. That makes sense. Yeah. that you have limited availability. Right. Yep. Right. So Vegas and I go out. We were like uh, probably on the two WRs or whatever, you know, that uh, Dad had at the time. Because I think I might have had my own. Did I have the 07 WR at this point, you think? Probably you not. Had the probably, o- not. Probably, mm. not. probably had the 03 and the you 400, rode, right? rode Miss Piggy and you rode the 03. Okay. Yeah, he rode Miss Piggy. Okay. Miss Piggy and so we go out. We yeah. go test this everything. I mean, it's probably 20 miles. I mean, it was, a, it was a good test section. You know, a good Arkansas nasty and early test section, but something that Vegas could handle because he's, he's an yeah. a, a amateur rider at this point, sea level rider. Awesome mountain bike rider. Right. But as far as riding yeah. motor- it was, like but yeah, it was technical with the dark road. We come back and we're all like, oh, oh, that was tough. Oh my God. So we go straight to the cooler and we both grab <laughs> water bottles. Just <laughs> grab water bottles out of the cooler, pop the tops, I know chuck the going. shit out of them. Well, unfortunately, my water bottle that I grabbed to chug the fuck out of <laughs> was Dad's hidden vodka bottle that he could suckle on on his drive down. And I am, I mean, because of where I was and what I had just done, my body immediately retched. Like, I mean, because I mean, I like, you know, like you do when you're thirsty, you chug half a water bottle. Yeah. So I just like, and my body just went, and just like, that shit went everywhere. There was vodka and everything else just regurgitated oh. out of my body, and everybody was just like, 
they were calling an exorcist. Yeah, no, yeah. it was it was pretty nasty. So that was fucked up. All right, now Steve, was that an upside down water bottle in the cooler? Well, I didn't want to bring these big, huge bottles of vodka, so I put them in water bottles, turned them upside down in the cooler. See, and this is the point why kids. If there is one of the bottles that does not match the other in their orientation, just say no. And I've actually this story. Um, life lessons. Yeah, life lessons. You can you can become a better person here on Sea Time. No, uh, it's like if there's just an ass itching to have you in it. Don't go there. It's probably just not worth it. I'm going to slowly scoot towards story. Because if no. it itches you... <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that is sign number one. If there is... If Why the are you word, scratching? If you're looking at it and the word festering comes to mind, you right. might want to take a step back and yeah. just say this isn't the night for you. Yeah, ready but, to flame, just... Yeah, just, say just no. walk away. <laughs> there aren't enough salves in this world <laughs> to treat you. Lubes slash salves. Yeah, right. no, just say no. Right. But yeah, no. That uh, anytime I've ever been there, where oh yeah, we'll just uh, grab a beer out of the cooler, and if even if there's something in the cooler that's on its side now, I just walk away. I I, I stick to naturally oriented bottles in the cooler Makes because me of think that. Natty story. light when you say that naturally like that. I I don't know what's natural about Natty light, but probably nothing. No. Nah, yeah. All right. Unless they want to sponsor. Let's wrap this up so we have 15 minutes to drink alone and go pee because i got to do that. But, of course, Seat Time brought to you by the fine folks at Fly Racing, flyracing.com. They don't support drinking. They support being awesome and ventilating your balls as you ride your motorcycle. So get their limited edition kinetic gear at flyracing.com or your fantastic local dealers. And, of course, Kinda Tire at kindatire.com. They make rubbers. Rubbers that make you feel good while you ride your motorcycle. I have a report. I've now put like 60 miles on report. my big blocks on the road. They're surprisingly good road tires. I mean, I'm not going to carve a canyon with them. I wouldn't carve a canyon anyway. But I put 50, 60 miles on that bike today with the big blocks, and they worked great. There you go. Very good. Listen to Papa Pierce. Papa Pierce knows his rubber. Not well enough. It's my <laughs> fault. I'm sorry, guys. Kennetire.com or your local dealer. Yeah. And then, of course, SRT Off-Road Protection. Obviously, we all need it. Yeah. Skid plates. Oh, right. You know, and sometimes, what is it? Hmm. I would say that underside or carriage protection, there's got to be some fun thing there. But don't we need to thank Brian for letting us do the show here? Yeah. And if you don't have a local shop that you can support and you're just looking to buy things online and you're looking at one of the big box shops, do you sell things online? We do sell things online. Yeah. And you can even old school call us and we'll talk to you and sell it to you. So Pick up your phone and say... Mabel, can you collect me, connect me to Klondike, uh, Klondike Adventure story. Moto? Yeah. Story? And, yeah, now, if you don't have a shop nearby, and, of course, you'd like someone to be nearby that you could support and all that fun stuff, but... Brian so will be your neighbor. We're not going to lie to you. Do we need to thank Franconia? Oh, yeah, of course. Absolutely. Franconia. Excellent. Excellent beer. So tonight we have had the Kolsch and the wheat. And then, of course, our good friend Lucky Guy 19 yes. did send him some of the, finally, 
I'll abuse you later. <laughs> yeah, you will. Uh, sending us some of his homebrew. Is that a fantastic beer to drink? Yeah, no. It was awesome. Yeah. I mean, if it didn't spit up on him every two minutes, he would just think it was his kid. Yeah, exactly. I felt like I was at home except for the infants crying. Except for the alcohol that it gave me opposed to just tears. Yeah, yeah. well, I, I balanced my drinking while holding one. Good man. So, yeah. You're a good man. Of course, what? You look like you want to say something. Everybody needs to get off their butt and go ride. You're armed and dangerous with that microphone. More seat time. More, everybody yeah. needs more seat, seat time. time. Everybody needs to go ride. Yeah, you could think that we're going to like you know take a week off or whatever. No, we did that last week. So we'll be back next week for episode 2001. We're going to Skype in some more riders. We're going to be talking about all the crazy ass... 201. I've been gone for like 170 episodes. You can't get this shit right. <laughs> <laughs> two, two, <laughs> 200. 201. Yeah. Two hundred one. Hundred one. Hundred one. That's from Nolan. She doesn't know how to talk. Two hundred one. Two hundred and one episodes will be next Tuesday. No. So we'll have our two hundredth and first episode next Tuesday. We'll be Skyping back in our writers, having more fun. We're going to have some more guests on the couch. We're going to have good times. Of course, dude, no, seriously, though, thank you very much to Fly Racing, Kinda Tire, and SRT Off-Road, to Brian Story for bloody... For my dad for coming in. It's been a great time. Of course, this is Seat Time. You can find us at seattime.co. Uh, Facebook is facebook.com slash seattime. On Twitter, we're at seattime underscore co. On Instagram, it's at seattime. Of course, on YouTube, you can find us. The username is seattime co. Please subscribe. Have some fun with us. And just remember to always enjoy a pint full of awesome. Cheers. Cheers. 200 episodes. Meow. It's a wrap. <laughs>